It's quarter past ten. It's time for our book review with Karen Lane of Need a Read. And she is reviewing three fantastic books this morning. First up is Circus of Wonders by Elizabeth McNeil. And then Lean Fall Stand by John McGregor. And a book by Sarah Winman is third with Still Life. Here she is, Karen Lane of Need a Read with this week's book review. Morning. Karen Lane from Need a Read and I've got three fabulous books to tell you about today. The first app is called Circus of Wonders. It's by Elizabeth McNeil and it's published by Picador. You may remember Elizabeth McNeil's first book, The Doll Factory. It's a rather dark, macabre sort of story set um, in London against the backdrop of the Great Exhibition. It was translated into 29 languages, you know, opinion for a TV series. It was fabulous. I actually couldn't put it down. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if the same fate awaits this new one, Circus of Wonders. So, Circus of Wonders is set in the 1860s in in Victorian England at a time when freak shows were the rage. Physical differences and deformities were exploited as entertainment for the masses. And Punch magazine actually dubbed it deformitomania. It was such a a craze. And um, Queen Queen Victoria herself was the industry's biggest fan. If you've seen the movie uh, The Greatest Showman with, with Hugh Jackman, you'll remember the story of Petey Barnum and his, you know, great show. It, it was brilliantly portrayed in that movie. Please watch it if you haven't already. But you'll remember there was little care shown to the, the so-called creatures, the people who were the exhibits, as it were. So that's the background to this story. So we start with the Circus of Wonders in a little coastal town, a very small village in the UK, in England. Great excitement. Posters have gone up everywhere saying Jasper Jupiter's Circus of Wonders is coming to town. But Nell, the character that we are following, she shows absolutely no interest, really, in the circus. She is a reclusive soul. She's a, she picks violets for a living, and she lives with her brother and her father in pretty much in poverty. But the reason she's so reclusive is that she is covered from head to toe in, in birthmarks, and she is terribly self-conscious she can't bear being stared at and gawked at by people and 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 people have made fun of her so she has no intention of going to the circus but what i do need to tell you is that her father was not a very nice chap he actually went to the circus and thought he found a brilliant way of making a quick buck and he sold his very own daughter to jasper jupiter to be a leopard girl in his circus. So Nell was captured, locked away in a caravan, and before she knew where she was, she'd been whisked off to the next village with no way of getting home, no way of finding, no way of knowing where she was. And it, I mean, it was a terrifying time for her and such a betrayal by her father. Anyway, as the days and weeks go by, Nell actually realizes that, in fact, perhaps this is a good place for her. They create this show of the leopard girl, and um, she starts to enjoy. Um, becoming being a performer and she finds friends in the um, in the circus and she starts to settle down so the book is told actually in three voices there's Nell's voice which um, and Nell I've told you about there's Jasper Jupiter who is the showman the ringmaster of the Circus of Wonders and Jasper's very gentle giant of a brother Toby so the, the other side of the story is it takes place in the Crimean War. Both Jasper and Toby have fought in the war, uh, J- Jasper as a, as a soldier, and Toby was sent to be a photographer. And there is an interesting contemporary twist here because Toby is extremely unhappy with the way his photos are used because um, he sends them all back to London. But n- cl- clearly the powers that be have no interest in seeing photographs that depict death 
or pain or destruction or hunger, mutilated bodies. No, that's not what they want to see at all. They want to depict the Crimean War as a great thing to be doing for your country. They wanted photographs of happy, jolly soldiers having a jolly nice time at the war. So that was a nice, interesting twist of Toby and um, fake news, as it were. So the book goes back and forth between London and and the Crimean battlefields, and um, and there was an incident that took place there, for which uh, the brothers are beholden to each other. So in the book, you'll find this fabulous circus with animals and acrobats and performers and circus acts and the elephant and the bearded woman, as you would expect. But there's also the other side of the um, circus, the grubby side, the money lenders and the corruption. We go to we, we go to Buckingham Palace, Queen Victoria, who's as I said mentioned earlier, is a fan of this industry. Uh, there's as uh, also as I mentioned this touching on fake news and how um, news is portrayed. There's an illicit love affair, and there's an interesting feminine twist. I thought it was a wonderful read. I think it's very transporting. Takes us back to another period of time. It's just a really interesting look at how human behavior can be so contemptible, but also how there can be kindness in these situations. The Circus of Wonders by Elizabeth McNeil is published by Picador. Hold my hand from Jess Glynn. This is In the Zone with me, Vanessa Bourne. The time now, 25 minutes past 10. And uh, we continue with our book review with Karen Lane. And here she is with her second review for today, Lean Fall Stand by John McGregor. The second book I wanted to chat to you about today is called Lean, Fall, Stand by John McGregor and it's published by Fourth Estate. This is my first John McGregor, but I'm telling you it won't be my last. He's been long listed for the booker three times and and honestly, you can see why. Gosh, what an amazing writer. Maggie O'Farrell, who's the author of that wonderful award-winning Hamnet, wrote a spectacular book. It does what John McGregor does so well, examine the widening ripples of a single event. I read it again as soon as I'd finished. That was Maggie's comment. And frankly, so did I. Actually, I went back and read read the first part once again, once I'd finished it. It's uh, honestly, it is an extraordinary read. So lean, fall, stand is divided into three parts, namely lean, fall, stand. (laughs) The first part starts out as an Antarctic research expedition. They're two fresh-faced young field workers, and they're supported and trained by Robert Wright, nicknamed Doc, who's a veteran guide and surveyor. So they're um, in Antarctica on the base, and they finally have some spare time from their research work. So Doc takes them out onto the ice for Thomas to take photos. It's a beautiful day. And Doc heads off to the other side of the ice so that Thomas can actually get some depth and perspective in his photos. However, within minutes, a terrifying storm hits. And as so often happens in Antarctica, it caught them completely unawares. But no cause to panic, as the three are well-drilled about what to do in this instance. However, something outside of their training occurs and disaster strikes. Doc was there on the ice when it happens. He's the one who knows the whole story, but he finds he's no longer able to communicate. Instead, in the wake of this catastrophic expedition, he faces the most daunting adventure of his life, learning a whole new way to be in the world. So in parts two and three of the book, in the fall and stand sections, we follow Doc's journey as well as that of his wife, Anna, 
whose own life is put on hold as she's thrown into an entirely new and unbidden and, and daunting life as a caregiver. The Guardian's comment was, I'll read it to you, it says, the second and third sections of this three-part book unfold far from the ice flows. Conditions remain challenging, endurance and discipline are required more than ever, but the work in hand is now the grueling task of living with a brain injury. And for those on this most testing expedition, this task of caring for a man who has lost his powers of speech. I have to say, I have never read anything quite like it. It's, it, it, it quite brilliantly captures the attempt at speech of those suffering from aphasia. So aphasia, as you know, that know, is the impaired ability to understand or produce speech as a result of brain damage. So the reader knows what Doc is say, trying to say. We have, you know, we can see into his mind, we, we, we understand what he's trying to say, but we hear the words that are coming out his mouth. So, for example, I'll read a bit to you from the book. It says, he floored the numb faceness of his roar. No, roared the rub. Numb the face, rub. What was wrong? You know that he's trying to say he rubbed his face where it was numb, but he can't, the words are getting jumbled up in his brain and it gives you such an insight. I honestly, I thought it was a, a singular book. I, it has lived with me. I keep thinking about it. And in fact, it's been unbelievably well reviewed. I'll, I'll read you some of them. So the Financial Times, the UK Financial Times had this to say, McGregor's precise, well-judged prose attests both to the power of language and to the havoc created by its loss. And the Scotsman said, it leaves one wondering which is more terrible, to be caught in an Antarctic storm or deprived of the ability to speak. Really, it's a, it is an extraordinary read. I highly recommend it. John McGregor, Lean, Fall, Stand, and it's published by Fourth Estate. Dean Lewis with Stay Awake. The time now on uh, In the Zone is 27 minutes to 11. And the third and final book that uh, Karen Lane is reviewing this morning is Still Life by Sarah Winman. The last book I wanted to chat to you about is Sarah Winman's Still Life, also published by Fourth Estate. Do you remember Sarah Winman from When God Was a Rabbit and a Tin Man? Well, she's back with a, this lovely, gentle big read. It's set over four decades and it's filled with big, memorable characters. Food, Florence, family, fate, art, a devastating flood, adventure, grief, taking a leap of faith, a Shakespearean parrot and the ghost of E.M. Foster. You will find all these things in still life. It's about love in its many forms. It's about love of a place like Florence and love of art as well as romantic love and the love that binds you to people who you choose to be your family. I loved it. It was a gorgeous read. Um, it's set in Tuscany in 1944. We meet Ulysses, who is so named because just before he was born, his father took a bet on a greyhound named Ulysses and he won a fortune. So he felt it was apt to name his newborn baby Ulysses. So we meet Ulysses. He is um, an, an English soldier and he is, in Tuscany at the time when um, Allied troops are advancing, bombs are falling all around and um, he finds himself in a wine cellar of a deserted villa. And there he has a chance encounter with Evan Skinner, a 60-something art historian who's come to Italy to help salvage paintings from the ruins of these um, of the war-torn areas. And actually, she has also come to relive memories of the time she encountered E.M. Foster in Florence. 
And she also had her heart stolen by an Italian chambermaid in a particular room with a view. So amongst this rubble of war-torn Italy, Ulysses and Evelyn find in each other's kindred spirits. And it sets off a, a course of events that will actually shape uh, Ulysses' life, even though he loses touch with Evelyn and only comes back, finds her again in, in later years. He, um, Evelyn, just before returning to London, actually saves the life of an old chap in Florence. And he returns to London to find his wife, Peggy, has had a child from an American serviceman. But nonetheless, this gorgeous character, who you really do love, takes it all in his stride. And he moves back to the pub he lived in with this motley crew of characters, adorable, gorgeous characters. And he makes a a life for himself. In fact, he does end up moving to Florence um, and is there at the time of the devastating flood. And that's what is beautifully depicted in this book. Um, The artwork that was lost, the lives that were lost, but the coming together of people. I thought it was beautifully written. It's, it's tender and heartbreaking in parts, but it's also hilarious and whimsical in other parts. So it's one of those sweeping portraits of unforgettable individuals who all come together to make a family. It's really a, a celebration of love in all its forms and beauty and appreciation of art. It's a joy, really. <laughs> Read it. <laughs> Sarah Winman, still life, and it's published by Fourth Estate.